The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out today. We are excited to have JR Custom Metal Products E. Yes, what an exciting opportunity from for us to hear from some of my favorites, Patty and George. Welcome. Thank you very well, much. Thank you. They're my friends. And they, <laughs> <laughs> and they are Don's friends. They, I got it in. <laughs> you did. I'm, I'm, I'm excited and happy for you. <laughs> So uh, this is such a great privilege because I've heard so much about the the business and so much about the two of you being community servants. And um, it's been a few years. Don actually introduced me to you and gave me uh, an opportunity to come toward the facility. And I tell you what, it is absolutely amazing. So I just really want to stop talking and hear your story from what I understand and what I recall. Your father started the business. Is that correct? That's right. Again, my, our father was had worked for many places uh, doing metal fabrication type work. Uh, he immigrated here from Mexico in the mid '50s mm. and came here. He came here to study and and go to school. But starting a family, also he decided to he had to go to work, mm. and he yeah. went to work in an industry that that he kind of knew because our grandfather was an engineer on the railroad back in Mexico. And, and because of that, he had a machine shop. So he had learned a lot of things about machining and welding and things like that. But as he came here to the U.S. to study and stuff, he, he furthers his studies by going to some of the aerial technical colleges at that time and doing more when it came to layout and welding and things like that. So uh, in 1974, he decided to pull the trigger. He had this ambition that he wanted to have his own business after working for other people. Uh, everywhere he had worked, he had climbed the ladder and went up the ladder and became supervisors or... Uh, partners with another guy that he helped start a business here. And so he wanted to do it for himself. And one of the things that was told to him that he would probably struggle because of his language barrier, mm. but that just pushed him that much harder because the skills that he knew when it came to fabricating were pretty superior. And there was some people that gave him a chance. So in 1974, we started in our garage at home uh, with just a few jobs and hand tools and a welder. And uh, Patty can talk a little bit more about some of the opportunities that as he left the business that he was with, some people in the meatpacking industry gave him an opportunity to uh, do some custom metal parts for 
the kill floors that they do when they were processing meat. The, pack, the meat packing industry was pretty big at that time here in, in Wichita. Uh, there was a lot of packing houses here, uh, and we could actually name them all off, but they've, a lot of them have since and gone or have moved to, to the western Kansas area where the majority of the cattle were coming mm-hmm. from. Um, but uh, now you would talk a little bit about some of the opportunities he had early on. Yeah, after um, the meat packing industry leaving uh, Wichita and we're headed uh, west, um, he diversified uh, with Wichita being the capital of the world as far as uh, aviation capital. He um, started in by um, marketing his services in the material handling equipment to all the aircraft companies here. So anything from carts to dollies to ergonomic tables, uh, Hmm. anodizing frames, L-frame dollies that move the fuselage skins. Um, So there was uh, special tooling. Uh, I remember one table, it was called a mushroom table. Oh, wow. And it had these big baffles in the table and the table would move up and down in this this baffle would blow up into a mushroom. Um, I really don't remember, George, um, what all it was used for, but... It it was used in processing some of the skins and stuff when they do the stretching and stuff, or basically holding them in place because they use what they call stretch formers to do some of the uh, forming of the skins that go on the fuselages and stuff. But the aviation industry uh, gave us a chance to do a lot of, you know, the the name JR Custom, uh, is part of the reason from that. And the name actually stands for Jesus Raul, which is my dad's initials uh-huh. in custom metal products. And so uh, the, that uh, most of the stuff we were doing was custom things in the, uh, in it, making out of metal, I should say, you know? So uh-huh. when you look at uh, one of the other things, when he left the, when the, meat packing industry left he started doing more for the milling industry too which is grain elevators and things like that oh, yeah, yeah. making exactly. special cyclones and, and hoppers and spouts and stuff everything to move grain and although there's and there's companies here in wichita that do all the production stuff of of uh conveyors whether it be jet belt conveyors uh, air handling uh, pneumatics there's several companies and he worked right alongside them because Although these companies were here doing that, there was always that custom one that didn't fit the mm-hmm. process where they were doing the off-the-shelf type stuff. So we did a lot of that type of, but growing the aviation industry opened up opportunities for some of these other things, like Patty was saying, some of the custom tables and carts, and we've done a lot of that and still do uh, since then. Most recently, uh, even though there may be one to two percent of our work, and you would think it'd be bigger than that being in the aviation. We're very, very diversified in different products from different companies. But most recently, uh, Spirit put our name up because SpaceX is actually using Spirit for building some of the components that they use for anything in the aerospace industry, whether it be a rocket or what, mm-hmm. on some of the skins that are used. They have the ability to do what they call stretch forming, which makes those skins. But once you form something, until it's put into the rest of it, it has to be held in that position. 
So because of that, they need these special carts that have the shape of the part to be able to transport them back to where they're going, whether they're going to Florida or Texas or California and you know anything, any place that SpaceX has facilities that are doing aerospace parts. Wow. And so, you know, uh, the fact that we've been in business here now going on 48 years, um, Remarkable. we, we uh, have a lot of contacts, a lot of people we've worked with that Sometimes the word of mouth carries on. In the case of SpaceX, that's what happened. Spirit, we've been working with them ever since it was Boeing and Cessna and Beach and right. yeah. Learjet. That all of them, you know, people that have worked there know us and stuff. Uh, oh, and Don yeah. from years of being here. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's great. Sorry, Don. I was just oh, going to say, you know, from the garage to yeah. Um, SpaceX. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> isn't that wild? It's yeah. pretty wild. That's pretty yeah. cool. And we try to diversify. Uh, we always say that no, we don't want to be no more than 25% in any one industry. Mm -hmm. Correct. So we're in the ag, uh, oil industry. Uh, we do things for um, semen. And we can kind of talk, you know, if you were to walk into Siemens today, anything that you see that's aluminum that is, uh, whether it be walkways, support equipment, tooling. I mean, it, it's JR. I remember yep. when they came to town mm -hmm. and actually they came to the state and we would go to their presentations and we would hear all of, all the products they were going to need. Mm -hmm. And I turned around and looked at my brothers and says, uh, this isn't going to work for us. And you know, there's <laughs> just so many people. I mean, there was like 400 and some people in the room and we thought, yeah, they're and we were very happy to hear later that we were one, the sole supplier at that no, time. I remember that day. Of, <laughs> of products uh, that we were going to build for them. And we have a great relationship with them, even though they're, they're not here in Wichita, they're out in right. Hutch, Hutch yeah. but they're corporate being in Florida and then also in Denmark, George can share stories of his travels to Denmark to um, to work with them out in their plants and learn what, what the needs were. Hmm. So, but yeah, be, being diverse in the fact that we don't have our own product, basically we're selling a service, um, quality delivery, and our reputation is critical to the success of our company. Excellent. And while we're talking about your history, Walk us through your locations. You started in, your dad started in the garage. Where did you go from there? Well, we started in, in his garage, then we moved to 18th and Mosley. Okay. And we were in a 4,000 square foot facility and outgrew that. And he built his very first building in 1979. It was 10,000 square feet. And by 1995, we had five buildings and uh, 35,000 square feet. It was very choppy. Wow. We had an alley that was basically dirt. We had it paved like a year before we moved out. <laughs> uh, but I remember winters and uh, hot summers trying to move product from one building to another for the different processes. So we decided at that time, the family, that we would build a new facility that would encompass all the needs that we had coming up. So we, we built our building um, at uh, West Street and K42. 
um, trying to think how many acres that we had out there. West Street K42, we started off with eight and a half acres okay. that we bought, and then we, we started building on that. And then after that, I mean, here in the last six years, we bought some other acreage across the road where we built our powder coat facility. But it's steps, sometimes little steps, sometimes big steps throughout mm -hmm. the 48 years. So, so if I remember, is that a cul-de-sac you're on? Yes. Okay. Are y'all changing the name to J.R. Lane or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've never really thought about that. But. I can make a call. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, we do encompass the whole end of the cult of yeah. so, That's what I thought. The whole circle, uh, yeah. And how many square feet you got out there okay. now? So we've got 130,000 square feet of manufacturing facility, 25,000 square feet of powder coating facility, and then another 10,000 square feet that's offsite that is uh, about a mile to the east of us. That's another small shop where we do uh, specialty type items or offload type work where we have too much that it's a smaller shop. And we have like three and a half acres over there. Excellent. Now, Ebony went to Southeast, so that those were big numbers, but that totaled 165,000 square feet. So you go from a, did you, was it even a double garage back in the day? Yeah, it was a little double garage, but it was, you know, we where we live, we grew up uh, over off uh, Dallas and Everett, uh, south, Southwest, okay. over, over there, close to Pontian Meridian. Right, area. right. And... Uh, so the garage was a garage that my dad had built later on that was center block type garage and it was a it wasn't connected to the house. So eventually instead of parking cars, he we were making parts and uh what was the gentleman that at Emmy Pixel that helped that? Uh, oh, uh, Sam Marcus. Okay. Was uh, oh yeah. Sam Marcus yes, was yes. Uh, basically my father's mentor. Really? And helped him. Uh, immensely over the years. I remember dad telling stories that Marcus would say, Mr. Marcus would say, um, here, here's the keys. So you can get into the maintenance shop and, and just um, go see what they need. And wow. so he would go out there and he would take dimensions during the day and go home at night to uh, fabricate and weld, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be a table, you know, in the meat packing companies, they had boxes stainless steel boxes mm -hmm. where they keep all their stamps and all their knives okay. specialized um, or they needed a new kill floor so he would rip out all the stainless uh, walls and floors and then re refurbish them we built wow. a lot of freezer doors and things like that okay. because you look at you think of a packing house in the inside that what big walk-in freezers were all the cattle uh, halves are hanging you know mm -hmm. and, right we built a lot of custom stuff that helped them because everything had to be stainless. Everything had to be yeah. clean. It's yeah. all FDA was always in there, make control and making sure that you don't get any contamination. So the way things were made were very specific. And so, uh, but Sam Marcus really helped my dad have opportunities to, you know, especially from the custom side, because they needed so much. Everything it's just not stuff you can buy off the shelf. Right. And back in them days, also working with stainless, there wasn't the technology and the equipment there is to be able to cut and drill. And, and so it was a lot harder to do it. And technique had a lot to do with it. This story is just so amazing because, yeah. you know, you, your father came over here as an immigrant and started a business and, you know, 
started the American dream and then really instilled True. that in in the family. So can we just, how many kids or how many, you're adults now, obviously, but <laughs> how many of you were there that he said, uh, you know, hey, family, I've started this business and these are the areas I need help in. And uh, Patty, you're going to do this. George, you're going to do this. I mean, like, how did that happen? <laughs> One night we were at the dinner table and, you know, he'd always talk about work at the dinner table and about his business and his dreams. And so one day he looked around the table and he says, you know, I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need engineers. I'm going to need sales. I'm going to need administrators, accountants. Um, and I would like for each one of you to, you know, take it seriously. And wow. so... Uh, but we were going to school while we were while we were working for him. So mm-hmm. um, my brother Ral and I were up at K-State, and we would uh, come home on weekends to help. Go State. And yeah. uh, You needed to come home. We needed to come home, <laughs> yeah. but our friends would look at us like, are you homesick? <laughs> no, we're not homesick. We're going to go home to, to help our dad. Wow. Yeah. And, and so we would. We we would come home on the weekends. I would sit on a you know, type invoices for him, and I do not like carbon paper. Oh, carbon. Uh, so I would carbon. have three sheets, and I'd put the carbon, and I'd start typing. And of course, you make a mistake, and you had to correct right. them, and uh, oh, it was a mess. God. But uh, while we were at school, then George would help him. You know, he was in high school, and he'd help him after school and on weekends, and mm-hmm. of course, we did get to enjoy life and be kids. But at the same time, we all had that responsibility to help our folks. And being Hispanic, you know, we spoke Spanish at home every day Mm -hmm. and we spoke English outside the home. Did your dad speak English? My dad spoke English, but it was a broken English. And um, he had had a partner one time in, in a business that they were in tell him that, Raul, you'll never make it in the business world because your Mm -hmm. English will always be a barrier. And Dad said, you know, with my perseverance, my faith, my family, we'll just do the best we can. And 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 165,000 square feet later. later. (laughs) But he never never gave up. And he he, he definitely was uh, our hero because... You look at your parents and the sacrifices that they go through mm-hmm. um, to give you a better life. And um, and I can say he just didn't give us a better life, but he gave our employees. Those have been with us for many years. Um, we'll tell you stories. And they even tear up because he was such a, uh, he was a father image, mm-hmm. a mentor, and a friend to and he believed in giving people second chances. Wow. Uh, we work with people coming out of incarceration that are coming out of uh, the um, work, work release programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of them come with skills, some come with no skills, but we give them opportunities to yeah. help better themselves. And then we work with organizations such second chance yep. uh, to help them. That's beautiful. Told you it's going to be a great story. Take us a break, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Well, friends, we've just heard a wonderful beginning of a story. And but we'll be back because we need to hear from our sponsors. But we'll be back to hear more from JR Custom Metal Products. Seeing the world of energy differently means looking forward and innovating now. 
It's why we've invested in a next-gen infrastructure, one capable of providing energy to you more dependably than anything before it. So you can focus on what matters most. Reliable, sustainable, affordable energy that puts you first. That's everything to us. Evergy, the utility company. At Coke, our Wichita roots run deep. As part of this community, we strive to build strong partnerships with local organizations and create opportunities for our hometown businesses and entrepreneurs. From teaching kids STEM to supporting community resources and funding grants for local educators, we're proud to support Wichita and the amazing work happening throughout our city. Interested in learning more? See how we do it at cokeict.com. That's K-O-C-H-I-C-T.com. Welcome back, friends. We're here with Patty and George from JR Custom Metal Products, and we are hearing a riveting story about how the company began and how it's going. I mean, all of the different products that they that they touch, because they don't have a specific product, right? You don't have a specific product, but it's your, your, your service and your reputation. You mentioned that earlier, and it all began with your father, and now it's the two of you and then the next generation. So this is multi-generations, right? right? And you just got done telling us that you give people a second chance and that's the type of culture that's instilled in your business. Talk to us about your workplace culture. Our workplace culture is very family, very family oriented. It's a place where not only is it diverse in the different nationalities, language, it's a place where people are proud to work. Mm -hmm. It's about our heritage, where we come from, mm -hmm. the honesty, our faith. Um, if you go into our <clears throat> into our offices, you'll see crosses, you'll yep. see saints, mm -hmm. um, and that's not normal in in business. Now it is very normal in the Hispanic uh, businesses. Yeah. You'll see that. You'll see your faith. In Oriental, I've seen it in the Oriental businesses mm -hmm. also, but we're there to help one another, um, to grow together, um, coach, you know, train wherever we need it. And when we train, we just don't train a specific group. We try to train as many people as possible. Um, right now we're working with WSU, we're training with um, leadership skills. And so we have new leaders, but we also have the existing leaders uh, join in in the training process. So, um, and I think that the other thing is about communicating, communicating with our employees. Some of the things that we're using today is called Connect Teams. Hmm. It's a um, app and it allows us to post daily, um, anytime during the day, um, about birthdays, anniversaries, what's going on, if we have new uh, customers or potential customers walking through the floor, who mm. they are. Um, wow. Just nice. keeping them informed. We also have a, a newsletter that we produce Ooh. once a month. Will this podcast be in your newsletter with my picture in it? I will <laughs> do my best to make sure we do that. Please do. Please. Thank you. And and so they can come in and listen to see if we if if we're all we didn't leave anything out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it just communication, making them feel a part that they are part of the family. Even though we have a lot of family members, everybody's family mm -hmm. and we care about everyone and we want to take care of That's all nice. our people. It really, it, like like Patty was saying earlier, but it started with 
obviously my dad and our family. And today there there is four of us siblings that are co-owners of the company that were active. There's actually five siblings and okay. our youngest sister chose to study in Mexico and and married there and had her family there and stuff. But even she's been a part of the business, morally more uh, offsite type. But uh, my brother Rao uh, is over engineering. Patty is president and CEO. Myself, I'm in sales and marketing, but also do all the facilities and all the expansions and project manager over all of that. But then you have, and then my other sister Maria is is in accounting and stuff, part of the accounting team. But then, and then we have third generation that are pretty involved and won't go through all of them, but there's about 11 of them that oh, are involved wow. as far as That's third great. generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some in engineering, some in maintenance, some in operations, some over the powder cup. I mean, they're kind of throughout, but they've also gone to school to align themselves with those types of jobs. So. But then we have our staff and everything that's also uh, have been with us for a while that have key positions. So if we get hit by the beer truck today, I mean, the business goes on Mm -hmm. because there's plenty of people there that that uh, can operate and carry on. We yes, definitely have the talent. But George, you can't forget George's wife, Kim. She's head of purchasing and inventory. And then I have a brother-in-law, Scott Kaler. He is also involved in the business and he's also in marketing and has been very involved in the community. Um, So yeah, it takes a team. It takes a team. (laughs) We're also real proud to say that um, all of our third generation have all completed Four year. What? That is so amazing. (laughs) Four years. And um, some of them have gone to, there's a couple that have gone to technical schools, Mm -hmm. but um, my dad would always say that education was key to the success of the business. And as it continues, because it's forever changing, especially in technology. Mm -hmm. I I love everything about that, you know, (laughs) that I've always. Um, admired family-owned businesses and to see, you know, what the secession plan looks like and what, if it's going to continue after the first generation. And it's really, um, you know, I've always admired you and your family and as a Hispanic family doing great things. And and like you said, putting your reputation out there and knowing that you can call on JR Custom Metals and get a fabulous product. Um, that that's, that's huge. There's other families that you've teamed up I mean, you guys started back in 74, but there's other Hispanic families that you've worked with or you've worked aside. Can you share how that alliance is? Yeah, well, back to where we were saying where Hispanic families, as they're starting off, a lot of times they, you know, they stick together as far as the family when they're starting a new business. A lot of the family members, whether it be kids or, or brothers and sisters and stuff, tend to work together. And I mean, we, I can recall back when we first started and we were at 19th and Mosley that we had, we had a little shop. We just built our first building and uh, down the road there, we had the Cornejo family that were doing not only starting to do concrete work, but they did a lot of demolition of buildings and excavating. And, Mm -hmm. and I remember Ron and Marty and Richard and all the brothers (laughs) over there cleaning bricks, you know, for their dad, Jesse. And, and my dad was there and Uh me and my brother were, 
either welding or machining parts. And uh, I think even as a young person being out there, it's almost like the movie Karate Kid. The kid learns to wax on, wax mm -hmm. off, and he doesn't realize that he's learning the moves. Yeah. Right. And sometimes right. parents put you in a position to learn stuff. And uh, But you see families like that, whether it be a restaurant or mm -hmm. construction or fabrication, that uh, Hispanic families tend to have their family members help. And a lot of times uh, they learn that way. And uh, so that was, uh, that's part of our story and how we all learn the skills and stuff. We've been doing them since we were little. And so we don't know no better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. That's a beautiful story. And how many employees you got now? You went from zero to what? <laughs> so we have in the range of 100, 140 to 150 employees today. I think to be exact, it's 148 today. That's, that's with more yeah, to, be yeah. to be exact. To be exact. They're just like, yeah, that's my life. Well, and that's why we both came, whether we make sure we tell about everybody that's family members and yeah. all employees. All it's right. hard to keep up. Yeah. Well, you've been doing it, and I'll do my Northwest math here, almost 48, no, 48 years. So your anniversary has already happened. Right. What did y'all do? Well, uh, we had a luncheon for both first and second shift. We had uh, Los Compadres come and fix us a Mexican dinner <laughs> yeah. for our employees. And they all received a um, T-shirt. And then we let them go home 48 minutes before ah, time. Oh. I see what you did and there. And it happened to be on a Friday, so we felt that they could go out and celebrate if they wanted to. Oh that is, that's pretty That's dope. cool. That's yeah. cool. 48 years. Congratulations Congrats. on that. Thank you. And uh, one last question. I think I'm going to turn it over to E, but we'll see. Um, what's on the horizon? You guys went from zero square, well, a few square feet to 165,000. <laughs> You went from zero employees to 148, according to Patty. <laughs> What's next? Well, there's some little bit of expansion planned. Um, some of the products and OEMs that we do work for today, uh, where we fabricate parts, uh, here was well, gonna be six years ago, we, we uh, built our powder coat facility. And so we could paint some of the products that we, that we currently fabricate. The thing was that we were sourcing a lot of our coatings out when most of it's all powder coating. And so we decided to go out and build our own because of the amount that we were outsourcing and which opened up a lot of doors. So some of the OEMs that we manufacture parts for today, we actually code as well. So we, we call it fab to finish from, from the start. Fab to finish, okay. And so, but now they're asking us to do assembly and finished, complete finished product. So we're going to add another 12,000 square feet to our powder coat facility to be able to, when the parts get painted, they go right into assembly and, and eliminate some of the extra handling. Some of the growth with our company has been because we've always worked real hard of staying up with technology. The latest uh, equipment when it comes to cutting, when it comes to forming, mm -hmm. welding, uh, we do, uh, we've, Patty, I think, what do we have, 48 welders? 48. We have today um, 
what did I say, 40, we have 49 welders and five robots running, two shifts. That's Patty, again, with the numbers. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, with, with today's uh, ability to find employees, skilled employees, um, we have to work closely with uh, trying to figure out ways of, of getting product out, whether it be technology in the case of the robots, mm -hmm but also working with the technical schools here, whether it be WSU Tech, uh, Cali's, the Butler's, the the uh, Hutch JUCOs, mm -hmm. all the JUCOs and all the technical colleges, working with them and working with the young people that are coming out. Uh, we work real closely with WSU Tech on uh, doing internships with some of their welders, finding all different ways to be able to recruit people and and not just welders i mean it goes into other machines whether it comes robotics. to lasers or robotics mm -hmm. and bending and uh i think uh the internships have worked so well with many industries like the medical industries for so many years that i think the uh, uh manufacturing needs to do more of that yeah getting people in because we're all getting older yeah. and somebody has to step in Exactly. Automation is, is critical. Automation, okay. Is, is critical. And some of our work centers that we're setting up now where you have a break um, and the parts are coming in after they come off the lasers and they're going to break and then uh, to the robot that's going to weld the parts. So it's all in one, one work center. Cellular. A cellular manufacturing, I guess you would call it. Do you wow. see that automation that it's going to be increasing over the next few years? Do you see that being if 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 manpower doesn't increase, I think for us today, if there's any any area that we're the only uh, that's holding us back in growth would be people. Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. if we could find the people, we could start that third shift. The opportunities are there, and now with with insourcing instead of outsourcing everything, mm -hmm. is it's going to be critical. I, th think, I think. Oh, go ahead. Excuse me. No, I think the pandemic opened up a lot of eyes to uh, when things are uh, outsourced offshore, and then now trying to onshore them mm -hmm. because of the fact of uh, restarting back up once the pandemic kind of settled down is the shortages of chips, say, mm -hmm. or you can almost look at any kind of product that's done outside of this country. To make it in this country, you have to be competitive. You have to have the resources. Uh, most recently, we had another opportunity is uh, making parts for companies doing the semiconductors. We're making the chips. We have opportunities and people that have come and visited us because they're looking for capacity on manufacturing some yeah. of the equipment. So opportunities are out there, uh, especially for us because they're looking to fabricate something. Right. If they're looking to fabricate this stand for this speaker. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of industry it is, they're metal parts. Yeah. And if you can fabricate it, manufacture it, process it all the way through, you have an opportunity. Technology allows us to be more competitive worldwide because now you have a machine instead of manual labor doing it. Right. So those are things that I mean, you look at in inspirational things like Pizza Hut starting here. Mm -hmm. Started as a little deal and mm -hmm. made pizzas and manufactured pizza. All kinds of things that came from that. And, and it's worldwide. And, yeah. and the same thing can happen here. 
So you've added, you're going to be adding 12,000 square feet. So for Ebony's benefit, that's 177,000 square feet total. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. But I want to hit a quick hit on a, what you mentioned. Before the pandemic, did you think you would make that third shift hires, make that third shift happen before the pandemic? No, it's always been an issue. It's always been an issue. Yeah, okay. just finding um, skilled labor. Okay. Um, so we finally realized that um, let's work with the tech schools, let's work with the high schools, let's start them young, and kind of like we we did, you know. Right. right. Didn't have the skill sets, we learned them on the job, and yeah. and that's been a success. Excellent. I, I feel oh, that boy. automation probably helps with that third shift because that's a hard shift for people to hire on to, yeah. regardless what industry you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It is uh, it's it's always one of the most difficult ones, but if you have automations that machines run automatically through through the night, you know you have a short window from the end of second shift to the start of first shift. Mm-hmm. Then the opportunity is for automation to help with that. Ebony, I, I just anything? have one last question. Um, you know, you've been talking a lot about uh, inspiration and how companies have started here and have uh, grown, and you've talked about your father and what he's instilled in you. What's the best advice you've ever received and implemented? Don't forget where you started from. Mm. Gotta do it. Yeah. Uh, we had a customer that came in one day and he had, he was an electrician, I believe. He had a little small shop and um, he had called and was wanting a part manufactured in electrical box, specialized box and person that answered the phone just told him that we're sorry, but we don't do that anymore. Uh, he didn't do anything but jump in his car and come down. And so he called me up to the front and he <laughs> said, Patricia, and he knew me by Patty, oh, no. Patricia, I want to give you some advice. And I said, sure, how can I, you know, any advice is always welcome. And he says, don't ever forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the little people. Mm-hmm. So when you never know, I remember one Saturday, my brother Raul was working in the office and he had a, and the front door was always locked on the weekends and someone knocked on the door and it was a gentleman that was coming in and he had an airplane part that he wanted to see if we could, um, I don't remember if we were going to manufacture some or repair some parts for him. And, and, uh, so Raul talked to him and he says, well, sir, we don't work on aircraft parts, but it's Saturday and it's your, your aircraft. Come on down. So he went ahead and helped him. Wow. Little did he know that he was head of purchasing at Cessna. And the next day, in the next week, he got a call from a buyer wanting to purchase. And it became and opened the doors to an opportunity. So you can't, don't ever say never. Don't say no. Uh, Always find a way. If, If we can't help them, then we find a source that can help them. That's a great story. Thank you for that. I, I want to add a little bit of to course. that is keep keeping it home, keeping it here in Wichita. There are so many companies here that have done well, that have learned, that have helped each other. And I know there's been plenty of companies that have helped us and we try to do the same thing back. One thing my dad said is, you know what? We started from a little garage at home, <laughs> but if we ever get to the point, make sure and give back to the community. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing that we've always, always tried to do. And if somebody's starting off and we can do anything to help them, we, we will. Wow. And so 
that's one thing. I mean, this is a great community in Wichita and Kansas has done a lot for us and continues to do a lot for other people as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for what you do. You bet. Thank you. No better way to wrap this up and you've dealt with Ebony a long time. And it's been the best time <laughs> of their life. <laughs> 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 We're going to do some word association. You can both answer or one answer. It doesn't matter, but uh, give you one word. You give me one word back. It's not wrong because it's your y'all's word. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, she's ready. She said, ready. She said 49. <laughs> Leader. Sam Marcus. Sam Marcus. Okay. Ben Hutton. Ben Hutton. Oh, wow. Very nice. Okay. Gentle Ben. Yep. Success. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. College. WSU. Thank you. Uh, I guess. Yeah. That's why you came home. <laughs> Their dad knew they needed to get home. <laughs> Y'all been through enough. Failure. What's that? Nice. What's that? I like that. Entrepreneur. Jesse Cornejo. Cornejo. Oh, yeah. Jesse. Okay. Hero. My dad. Excellent. Nice. Vacation. Mexico. <laughs> Europe. Europe. Okay. Mexico. Wichita. Home. Wichita Chamber. Leader. One at a time. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of chamber. What was that again? Uh, Mine was leader. Leader. Okay. George. Partners. Partner. Gotcha. Nice. Want to get it all. Family. Everything. Fun. Vacations. Last but not least, and you each need to tell the truth about this one. <laughs> uh, Beverage. Bud Light. Ah, <laughs> a wine. A little wine. And a wine. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm just, my heart is happy. Yes. My friends came in and showed up and showed out. I love it. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming in. Yes. Truly appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Well, friends, we've come to the end of today's show. If you would, please make certain that you share this information with your circle of influence and share it with someone who you think might find value in this story. Till next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.